Hey everyone, welcome to the Higher Points Podcast. I'm Nick Sowers here in the studio with my buddy Nate Hyatt, as well as a good friend of mine, uh, Dallas Harmon. I don't know if he technically considers me a good friend, but I consider him one. <laughs> yes, sir. Um, <laughs> and uh, so this has basically kind of been a podcast that is a, a year in the making. I've been really wanting him to to kind of come on, and, and, I, and I've kind of noticed it with more than just just you to people that want to come on to the podcast they're you know kind of a little reluctant you know and and it's something that a lot of people want to kind of get their mind right before they before they do it so also i'm not feeling too great i'm a little under the weather i got some mucinex in my system so if you hear me hacking and coughing or whatever if i sound different i'm sorry throughout the whole thing so well we uh Really appreciate you being here, and I know this is going to be a good podcast. I know it, a hundred percent. I feel it to my core. I was so excited when we were talking about a few things in the uh, in the gym today. So I'm looking forward to getting started. So appreciate you being here. So my, pl- my pleasure. Um, so I guess we'll just kind of start with the beginning. Uh, we just you, you know you listen to the podcast pretty religiously because I immediately get a text message if something's not posted or not right <laughs> every, every week. Um, and so if, uh, uh, you know, just kind of start from the beginning, like you've heard, uh, others that we've had on the podcast, uh, just kind of where you're from, you know, any brothers, sisters, all that kind of stuff and going to go from there. Gotcha. Um, I was raised in great Bend, Kansas, graduated high school in 86. Um, I got one brother, Dustin, um, Is he around here? Uh, he lives in Hayes. Hayes. Yeah. Have you always kind of been around the Great Bend area, or did you did you stay there? For- um, when I graduated, I went to college in Highland, uh, to community college. Highland, Kansas. Yep. Where's that at? Yep. I've never even heard. It's of it north before. of Topeka, about an hour and a half. So you're pretty much up to kind of the border then. Yeah, it's about what, twenty minutes from St. Joe, Missouri. Oh, okay. That's where all my family's from. Oh, really? Yeah. On on my grandpa and grandma's side. Huh. Is up in that area. So, yeah, I played football there. And then, uh, long story short, I ended up at Missouri Western to play football and and, um, went through the spring ball and my anxiety and depression and alcohol problems caused me to drop out. And uh, then I went and lived with my folks in Oakley for about six months and worked in, in maintenance. They owned a motel. So I worked in maintenance and, and then I thought I want to give this football thing one more try. So, um, I, another long story short, I ended up in McPherson and, uh, went through, I guess it was fall ball at at that point. And I was, um, on Thursday, I was named the starting punter and kicker. And then on Friday, they called me into the office and said I was academically ineligible because of the way I transferred. Mm. So then. That happened all the time. <laughs> it's crazy. I was so pissed. We had, uh, well, my buddy Anthony, he was actually, he transferred from a JUCO out in California. He got here. He was the starting center. And we were on our way up to Nebraska for our first game of the year and they're like he's ineligible he can't play and like we waited for the NAI and waited and waited and waited to get to clear like he suited up for the game because we were like thought we were gonna get the phone call and ended up not getting he suited up and didn't get a play it happens all the time it's it's a mess that yeah 
getting eligibility right and all that stuff. I think it's gotten better since the um, NCAA changed some stuff, but it's still it was a nightmare when I was in college too. Yeah. Do do the uh, other organizations like NAIA and stuff? Do they follow kind of suit with what NCAA does? Yeah, it's all it all trickles down from the NCAA. Okay. Yeah, and like the <clears throat> well, like we would do three days camp when I first started. I don't know what the practices were like for you, but yeah. they ended up my senior year is when they passed those laws that you couldn't have more than so many hours a day on the practice field and stuff. And uh, I was wondering when it started getting soft. Yeah, it was, <laughs> that was my senior year. I think is when it got, got soft. So you had some eligibility issues. Yep. And then, so then my attitude went to crap and, um, continued to drink and not care about my grades and, Ended up getting kicked out of college, and that's why I'm not educated. <laughs> I uh, I must say that you know I I had a similar experience with college, except my my addiction was gaming. Mm. I mean, literally, uh, I put I put like 700 hours into one video game, and wasn't doing homework, wasn't anything. Um, so you know, I mean, I think it's interesting because everybody sees different vices in the world, and. I think some are more socially acceptable than others. You know, others, some are easier to hide than others. You know, you know, say you, you're struggling with a porn addiction. That's easy to hide. You struggle with an alcohol addiction. That's probably a little bit harder, harder to hide. Um, you know, and so I was addicted to that. And I finished my first year at Friends University with 0.67 was my grade point average. Did you say 700 hours? Yeah. That is insane. You know how many hours are in a like a like a work week, forty hour work week all year? Hmm. Two thousand eighty. Yeah, uh, like I said, an, an addi- <laughs> like I said, an addiction. I, I'm 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 completely owning it, my friend. That was your part time job. But um, I went through so, similar stuff too, with the alcohol and all that in college. I just managed to have a support system around me that helped carry me through. So yeah, I. I, I finished that first year feeling like a complete, total, utter failure. And then, you know, I felt the same way. It was like, you know, I, I'm uneducated. I, you know, I, I, I didn't accomplish this. And it took me a number of years to finally get that taken care of. So, um, so what did, what did you do essentially, I guess, kind of once, once college, I guess, was kind of in the rear view mirror? Well, then I got a job at a factory there in McPherson. And I worked there for about three years. And then one Monday morning I went into work and they didn't need me anymore. It wasn't any, it wasn't, you know, I was just a little man on the totem pole. It's time for me to go. And, um, I had a drinking problem, but it never caused me to miss work. I just didn't. Um, but I knew that when I lost my job, that something had to change because without, a job and a drinking problem, the drinking problem was just going to get worse. Mm-hmm. That was going to be your full-time job. Yeah. Yeah. So th- I started drinking approximately when I was 14. And then this job loss took place when I was 24. And so I quit when I was 24 and I haven't had a drop since. Wow. That's no small feat. About 31 years ago. <clears throat> that's pretty badass. And that's only one of the badass things. I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you when you finally made that decision, like where did life take you after that? 
Um, I ended up going back to my folks for about six more months working maintenance and my dad instilled confidence in me to, to learn how to fix things, you know, around, around the motel. So I was able to, I guess I learned everything from my dad. I got confidence from my dad. Um, and then, uh, I decided that I needed to be in a different place than my folks. So I, I moved to Hayes and I started my own lawn maintenance business and I had that for about 15 years and I just got burned out. Just the winds of Western Kansas and, and <laughs> yeah. just mowing the same yards every year, dust flying everywhere all the time. And I just, I got, I suffered burnout and no and, moisture in that area and probably hot all the time. Yes. It was summertime. And, yep. Yeah. So ended up in, in uh, Salina and lived there for probably 10 years. Um, and I, I ended up getting on it at, at a nursing home as a maintenance tech. And, uh, that's where I met Emily. Um, worked there for, I think three years. And then an opening came up at the, as, at the Sterling Manor. They're all owned by the same people, uh, for an environmental services director. And, that's a very fancy term. What what it, what is that in layman's it, terms? It's yeah. It it just makes me feel important to say. It that way. <laughs> but no, uh, it's I was just over uh, maintenance, laundry, and housekeeping. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. So um, my boss in Salina said, "I think you'd be good at it. Why don't you apply?" And I did, and obviously I got the job. And then I was there for I think three years, and then. They sold out. And when they sold out, I thought it just didn't feel right. Mm -hmm. It felt like um, this isn't going to end well type thing. Um, So I decided to get out. And Emily and I went on a vacation or a long weekend or whatever. When we came back, there was a postcard in the mail for this part-time mail carrier. It was like it was all like meant to be. Like it all worked out. So here I am as a mail carrier. Yeah, I see. That's kind of, <clears throat> I guess, would be my first recollection would be seeing you being the mail carrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I was in and out of Sterling Village, obviously, quite a bit, uh, or at that time, Sterling Presbyterian Manor. Right. Um, you know, at that time, just for different things of elder abuse cases or 911 hang up calls and stuff like that. But I don't ever, you know, really remember seeing you there. Uh, but I do remember seeing you. You know, all the time as a mail carrier. I mean, I see you all the time. <laughs> Did you show up at the manor when the when the lightning hit the building? And man, everybody everybody showed up. It seemed like cops, firemen, the whole works. <laughs> I was there the day that it was like raining like so bad that like it, like the manor and stuff was getting ready to flood, and they were like putting up the like sandbags mm-hmm. and stuff like that around it. Was that like twenty nineteen? I don't remember. It would it would have been. Do you remember what years you I'm worked not- at, at the manor? Manor. Mm. How long have you been carrying mail, I guess? About three and a half years. Okay. So the three years prior to that. Okay. Um well my thing was I was in a I was in a training when that went happened. So I'm literally in like slacks, my dress shoes, my like two hundred and fifty dollar like leather dress shoes, 
and I'm like running around in like deep ankle deep water and stuff in these shoes. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, like just trying to do like cop things, not dressed as one, like not ready for that at all. Um, but yeah, so what's, what's it been like to, to be the mail carrier? I'm just interesting of like, you know, you, you always hear the, everybody always hears the old adage, the, you know, nor rain, nor sleet, nor snow, nor shine kind of thing. And, and that's like, true. Yeah. That's true. We, we, we don't get off for any kind of bad weather. No snow days. No snow days. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Kids, kids are like, yay, I get to stay home. And you're like, oh, I <laughs> wish I were your age. I remember those days. <laughs> yeah. So, and so the, uh, so is, you know, it's it's interesting because I think a lot of people maybe don't understand the Sterling Post Office in general. They think like, you know, you're a town of, you know, like 1,500, 2,000-ish people somewhere in there. Um, I probably butchered that. But, you know, a significant amount of mail, you know, runs through that little post office because of Sterling services and all that stuff, which I know you guys don't have to like necessarily sort or anything. It kind of goes, they kind of have it all really pretty much done and then it gets chipped elsewhere. But I mean, from an actual pieces of mail standpoint, that your guys' post office is, you know, decently busy. It is. Yeah. And how, how many people work there? Well, on the city side, there's just two of us. Oh, so there's like a designation? Like between? Yeah, there's city and then there's rural. Oh, okay. And rural gets the the outer edge of town oh, and, okay. then, and then the country. I got you. Yeah. And so did you have the choice to choose between the two? No, no. Do you like being in the city? Versus I do. The I yeah. I would. I enjoy the walk, even yeah. in bad weather. I enjoy the walk, and my back's not the greatest. And walking is really good for a bad back, and driving in a car is not. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's when my back gets the worst when I'm sitting down for hours on a t- at a time. Yeah. Well, you're getting ready to do that more and more, boss man. We'll see. <laughs> going to be in that. You're going to be in that skid steer giving orders. Yeah. Going to be sitting all the time. Hey, how, you, how are you going to do it? No. Okay. Point point my finger. Hey, I can I can have, talk. Have them run the skid steer. <laughs> I can I can talk about this on the podcast now because yeah. it's, it's official. It is. You just need to make a Facebook official. Yeah, I just need to get my logo and everything done so I can make a post about it. Well, um, so if we if we kind of back up a little bit, um, when you were talking about how, um, you know your your attitude kind of changed. I mean, what what would you what would you describe your attitude as as far as when 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 things started to kind of not go right, what were 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 you stuck in like the victim mentality or like what what was it? Yeah, I'd say that I'd say that describes it. Um, yeah, the whole woe is me, you know what? Because I felt like I didn't do anything wrong. I like transferred, and I even asked when I transferred, "Is this gonna work?" Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, but yeah, I I should take full responsibility for for letting it slide i should have sucked it up and and uh, did was what was expected of me and 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 then played the following year but you know when you're that age you're, well again i don't want to use that as an excuse but it's, well, no it, it's <clears throat> you're you're like pissed off at the world yeah. anyway and yeah so yeah it was it was it was a tough time and and i honestly i spent 25 years feeling sorry for myself about it. Like what, what, what would my life been like if I could have played, could have played. Like, huh. Makes me think of the uncle from Napoleon dynamite. The one that's always throwing the football into the camera. 
Um, I don't know if you I'm, pre- I'm not a movie buff. Oh, okay. Well, other people that are listening will get Uncle the reference. Rico. Yeah, Uncle Rico. He's basically, <laughs> he basically is stuck back in his high school football days where if he'd have, like, I think it was like if he'd have made this one pass or something like that, they'd have been state champs and his life would have been different. But since he missed that pass, now he goes like door to door, like selling insurance or something like that and lives out of a van. Are you saying um, Dallas lives out of a van? Oh, now? Jesus. I knew that was coming. The moment that <laughs> down, I said it. Down the, by the river. Yeah. The moment I said it, I was like, I was like, man, that kind of came out wrong. And then, <laughs> and then Nate was like, yeah, that came out wrong. <laughs> but, uh, so I guess one of the things that, uh, that you kind of had told me and then like we also talked about coming up, uh, or talking about on the podcast was, you know, you kind of also not only did your mind go, but your body went as well. Yes, sir. talk talk very, about that. Talk very, about that as a little bit as well. Very much so. Um, I have, obviously I have an addictive personality, so my addiction turned from alcohol, and I've always loved food. But when you don't have alcohol, you find something to fill that void. Exactly. Yeah. So food was my drug of choice, and so I allowed my physique to get completely out of control. I got, I went from 225 in college in relatively good shape to 285 and not very good shape. Lots of fat, not, you know, that I didn't put on weight and add muscle. That was, yeah. that was all extra fat. Yeah. So, and then I got, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired. So, um, I decided I was going to lose the weight and I did it pretty much through willpower. Uh, my brother and I played a lot of tennis. Um, I ate a lot of chicken and rice and I got down to 185. And then I get down to 185 and I get all these folks making fun of me because I'm too skinny. <laughs> I have family members who are supposed to care about me. Ask me if I'm sick. It's like, I busted my ass to get down to 185 <laughs> and this is what I get, yeah, you know? Exactly. So go back to feeling sorry for myself and I started eating again and I got up to 320 and that was about 10 years ago when I met Emily at 320 and her and I both went on a fitness journey at the same exact time. So it's been a, it's been a 10 year long journey and I'm a long ways from done. Um, but I lost 120 pounds the second time. So I, I've lost over a hundred pounds twice. So. Not many people can say that. And I'm not doing it again. <laughs> <laughs> two, two is enough. It's not going to happen again. I, I, I feel like I have the tools and, and that I can, that I'll be fine. It won't come back. Well, and also I think it's interesting, you know, just to fully illustrate the point of what Dallas is talking about, and he's told me, like, can you can you talk about what it was like to move around your house? What oh my, you, what you like oh to talk my goodness. about? I, I'm I'm not exaggerating. It was work for me to get. I would go to work. I I've always been dedicated to wherever I'm working, and I worked hard. And I I didn't call in sick if I. If I ever missed work, you might want to check the obituary. Because <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't miss work. I just don't. Um, but then when I got home, I'd sit around and eat, watch sports, you know, and, uh, it got to the point where it was a chore for me to get up and get another snack. Like I'd be out of breath trying to get another snack. So. And you, and you came, and you came from that 
which which I think that there are a lot of people, especially in our society today, and keeping in mind that I'm not talking out both sides of my mouth like I'm some physique model that doesn't understand it because my heaviest was 373. So, like, I get it. You know, walking stairs as a cop with my stuff on, you get to the top of the stairs and be like, whew, huh, and you've heard me say on here that I was the first responder that needed a first responder. Um, But you came from that, like, that going from the couch to the refrigerator was work to where you are now. And I think that is what is amazing and inspirational while I've like really been looking forward to getting you on here. Cause I know there are a lot of people out there and there's going to be somebody listening to this to someday. That's probably going to be going like, Whoa, like that's me or hear what you're saying. That's me. Because I think that that, that the mentality, the, the body. Fall, yeah. <laughs> I, I, and me too. Me too. I think the body follows where the brain's at. It does. Once, once the brain makes a decision, I mean, I, like David Goggins is like that perfect example of like once the once you tell yourself and your brain makes that decision, the body's going to go. It's going to follow. Yes, sir. And it's going to do what it needs to get done to make sure that you get there. You just have to make that choice. Yep. So you lose that you lose that weight again. Um, but then, did you still feel like there was maybe something missing with the mentality as well? Yeah, I th- I think um, I had willpower, obviously, or I couldn't have got it down. But I don't, I don't think I had the 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 grit, the mm. discipline. Yeah, I you know I'd still fall off the wagon every once in a while and go on a few days spur to the old Dallas. So that's a slippery slope. And so I'm, I'm, I'm an all or nothing kind of guy. So there can't be any more slippery slopes. I, I'm stay true to the path. Exactly. So you're, you're kind of like yeah. Yoda do or do not. There is no try. <laughs> <clears throat> um, well, so I, I'm curious as well. Like, did you, did you ever consume any type of like self-help stuff? I mean, like obviously, you know, we'll, we'll obviously get into Andy and 75 hard and stuff. But prior to that, did you ever consume anything like that? Because I know you're not a social media guy. No, not at all. Okay. Because that was like one thing that I hope to talk about in a to the point that I was just driving and thinking about was, you know, I listened to like Ryan Mickler, Andy Frisilla, Jocko, um, like <clears throat> Layman Church. Like I listen to all these different podcasts and like Goggins. Well, you know, so like Goggins has got like his way of doing things, right? Ryan Mickler's got his way of doing things. Jocko's got his way mm-hmm. of doing things, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And I think it's easy for people in general, uh, not just men, but people in general to like see all of that. And then like you might do well on say 75 hard, but then there's a piece of 75 hard that's maybe against what like say David Goggins likes. So now you feel like maybe you're not meeting David Goggins' expectations. And so it's kind of hard to like balance that. But you look at all that stuff, all those different, like their foundation is all the same in all of those guys, you know, and it's like what you were just talking about. Like you fix the mind and you fix the body and that kind of stuff. And every single one of those successful people are going to tell you, get your ass to the gym, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's really where it all starts. Well, there's a concerted effort against that. I mean, in... I personally believe in like our food 
and like what we're being what we're being told to do just sit and watch netflix and you know you've heard andy talk about it a million times on his podcast like everything he says i'm just like yeah i agree with that yeah so uh so what what turned you on to like andy and and like how did you get introduced to andy and 75 hard actually emily showed me a youtube video of andy and that's she she knew about 75 hard before i did and uh i listened to a couple of his youtube videos and then it all just branched off found out he had a podcast and all went from there but now i listen to him i'm all caught up i listened to all every one of them even well, the like the previous ones like i did not just really have just really have yeah, yeah. Well, um, I mean, and that's another thing too about, I think also, I remember doing 75 hard and <clears throat> Andy did a good thing because he recently, like within the last six months, maybe started doing the everyday podcast. It didn't used to be that way. Right. And I remember doing 75 hard and it was nice because I knew every time, except for basically the weekends, you know, um, <clears throat> I knew that every time I was going to have something to listen to on my walk or I could probably get a couple listens out of one um and it was nice to be able to have that thing because it to me to me i equated listening to andy's podcast the same way that christians talk about being in the bible right like you go back to the bible to like read that to kind of reaffirm and give you that solid foundation with which to build on i always found that when my mind was kind of starting to wander or i wasn't focused um, which is like kind of where i'm at right now when I wasn't listening to Andy's podcast, like it was easier for that to happen. Whereas like it was when you go back to it, it was like you were going back to those foundations. Like he was kind of helping cement those things and kind of helping you through the program of what 75 hard is of that daily journey to make those things into a discipline, make those into like they're, they're inculcated pieces of your life. They're not something you struggle to do anymore. And so I've always really enjoyed listening to that. And so how, how long did it take you to make the decision to do 75 hard? Cause I know it took me a while personally. I don't think I could put a number on it, but it was relatively quick. It, Cause I, I'm always looking for a challenge, something to do, um, to say that I've done it. And I didn't, I didn't realize what I, that I was going to get out of it. What I did get out of it. I, I didn't realize it was going to be that deep. Like he kept saying that it's not a physical challenge. It's, but going into it, you think that's what that yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. And then when you're done, it's like, wow, that was, I'm changed more than just my physique. Especially the deeper you get into the live hard part of it. Well, he was, he was talking, he talks about in that of the, the, the daily progress pictures are that outward sign of the inward change. Like you can't see your brain changing, your thoughts changing, anything. He's like, that is your way of seeing tangibly of the changes that you're making. And I was just like, whoa. Like, cause <clears throat> that was the thing that kind of sold me on his program was, you know, I think that it's easy for people to like meet a meet a number, right? To like meet a deadline or whatever. Uh, Ryan Mickler had a guy on his podcast that was talking about addictions to pornography. And he says there's a lot of programs out there that are 30, 60, 90 days. And he's like, when somebody has like 90 days, 
he's like, it's easy for them because it's like, I've got this like 90 days. And then after that, now what kind of thing? And I even talked to you about that. If like once I was done, I was kind of terrified of like, now what? Like, am I going to go back to the old Nick? Which thankfully I have not. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, I ate some chips today, but it was just a handful versus the whole bag. Right. There you go. <laughs> but, um, uh, you know, uh, it, that was what sold me on the program. And so like, what, I guess, you know, what did, what did you, I guess, what, what were your expectations in the beginning, but then how did they change as you went through 75 hard? This is one of those questions you wish that you had an ant, like that I'd scripted. And there you go. There you go. That's where, that's where I need the script. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like I said earlier, I went into it thinking that I'd like to get down to a certain body fat percentage. Um, I've <laughs> lost all the weight I want to lose, but I haven't changed my physique the way I want it to, to be. Um, I want to lower my body fat more. Um, and stack on some muscle. Um, you could do 500 pound sled drags with me. Um, my back can't do that. <laughs> you, you guys are freaking nuts. <laughs> well, I'm sometimes also, sometimes I think I am too. <laughs> also, also, uh, younger as well. That, that helps. That's what I'm noticing when I try now, to keep wait up a with minute. Him. Wait hey, a minute. No, no, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. I'm not, I'm not, I, I noticed when I'm trying to compete against him that I can't even keep up with him because I'm old by his standards when it comes to the weight room. So I'm saying, I get you. I understand. <laughs> he's gonna jump when, over that when, table and fight you. I was gonna say he's getting ready to kick my ass. When people talk about age, that's a, that's a cuss word. It's like it's an, it's just a it's, number. It's just a number. It's not. But if you know, you're if you're old, it's out of, it's out of your control. Like I consider it an insult if somebody says you look good for your age. I didn't say that. I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying that there has been people that will say, you look good for your age. I, I want to look good, not look good for my age. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, well, I guess, did you, did you notice, like, for instance, me, I, I, again, because of my age, got the stress fracture. Did you have any, any issues or injuries or things that happened to you during the program at all? Um, <clears throat> no, no. I, I have noticed this time around that I'm having a harder time getting out of bed because my knees hurt, my ankles hurt, my back's always hurt. You need to walk backwards on the treadmill for your knees. Yeah. Yep. It's a lifesaver. When we go on our morning walk, Emily's doing 75 hard with me this time around. We're doing it together and it's been, it's so far it's been a joy. I know there's uh, going to be some trying times yep. ahead. Yep. <laughs> there's going to be some times where I'm grumpy and don't want to do it anymore. And there's going to be some times where she's grumpy and don't want to do it anymore. And hopefully they're not on the same day. <laughs> but um, so far, so good. We're really enjoying our morning walks. Um, but when we get to the gym, we see him working out in the mornings. He switched his workout time. But. He got tired of us. He didn't hang out with us anymore. That's right. Exactly right. <laughs> but I'll run backwards with the dog there, and that really does feel good. Like, mm-hmm. you can feel it as you're running. Just, it's almost like taking the pressure off your back. So, so when you started in on 75 Hard, were you ever really much of a reader? Did you read much? No, not at all. <laughs> so uh, what was what's that journey been like? Um, I've really enjoyed it. 
surprisingly. Um, and I think I've told you guys off air at some point that, um, I have not read a book from cover to cover since the fourth grade. And that's not an exaggeration. I'm being serious. I was the same way. I had never like, not a reader. No, not at all. And now I enjoy it. I really do. What's your favorite book that you read so far? Um, <clears throat> the Power of One More. Uh, Ed Milet's book. Uh, yes, sir. That is a phenomenal book, um, especially the reticular activating system. It's kind of like, ah, oh, okay. Uh, yep. Know where he helped make sense of those things. Yes, have you sir. Have you heard or read that yet? I've listened to parts of it. It's a really good book. Yeah. Really phenomenal book. Written by also a really phenomenal man, just in general. Yes, I mean, he just is. hearing that guy talk, it's like... That's the kind of guy you know you could potentially look up to. Not saying he's perfect and infallible. Oh, no. But the kind of person that you could certainly look up to. The same way, you know, many people that we talk about on this podcast. Um, so did, did you find it hard to, when you first started, was it, was it hard? Or was it something that just kind of fell into place? Or what did you think of it? Yeah, when I first started, I, I don't know if it was anxiety I felt. or But I would get into it about a half a page and be like, uh, just like almost squirming around. I yeah. couldn't relax. And it was like, I got nine and a half more pages to read, you know? <laughs> and then I'd fight through that and I'd get onto the next page. And before you know it, I was, you know, I was fine. And then now I don't have any issues with re- reading at all. I'm still slow, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and also just if there's, <clears throat> if there's somebody that's listening to the podcast, uh, you know, we kind of just jumped in both feet because we have, we have the knowledge. So for somebody that just jumped into the podcast or listening maybe for the first time, let's kind of explain what 75 Hard is, and I'll let you take that away since you're doing it. But it's it's Andy Frasilla's program, and what what all do you do in 75 Hard? Um, let's first start there. There's two 45-minute workouts, and uh, one of them has to be outdoors. Uh, you have to drink a, water, uh, a gallon of water every day. Uh, you have to read 10 pages of a self-improvement book. Um, no alcohol, which is not a problem for me. Well... Anymore. Anymore. <laughs> uh, let's see. Choose a diet. Yes, choose a diet and stick to it. Um, and no cheat meals and alcohol were the same, like, like goal. Yes, sir. And then, uh, did you take a progress pic? You said oh, oh yeah. that's right. That's no, right. I, daily progress yeah. picture. Yep. That's what everybody forgets. That's what I forgot. That's why I failed. Uh, yeah. Well, you heard you heard me. I didn't fail thanks to him on on day seventy four. <laughs> That's crazy. Because yep. just because he texts me. But um, <clears throat> did you ever notice that you like what were the things that you I guess felt like were in the beginning maybe were kind of like a struggle or that you maybe weren't expecting? The progress picture was a little weird for me. I'm I'm not into that kind of stuff. Uh, taking taking selfies or any yeah. of that. So it was a little bit weird for me, and I had a hard time in the beginning making it a part of my routine. I'm very routine-oriented, and um, especially in the morning, all my habits are things that I do and at this point don't even think about them. And so I had to implement the taking of the picture immediately following my shower before I ever got dressed. And I have to do it at the same time every day or I'll end up forgetting. Cause, and I did have one time where 
for whatever be the reason, and it was early on until I developed that habit of doing it, that I was delivering mail and it just hit me. I forgot to take my picture today. And so I kept telling myself, I got to take the picture. Got to take that picture. And as soon as I got home for lunch, I took my clothes off, took the picture, <laughs> put my work clothes <laughs> back on. That yeah. way there wasn't any of this falling asleep at night. You know? Yep. Yep. Because that's what happened to me because I had a funeral that day. And, and I was like in a hurry because I'm like, I got to get like two hours of sleep in, like the fit, getting the family out the door for school, all that stuff laid down. Okay. Okay. Got to take my nap. And then Dallas texts me asking something about like, are you, ex- I think you said you were asking, are you excited? You know, you had one to more day done. left. You had one more day. And I went, Oh my God, I forgot. And I was like, Dallas, I love you. You're amazing. Thank you. And like, was like, you just saved me like so much heartache and <laughs> took the picture and went back to sleep <laughs> or went to sleep, I should say. Um, but, uh, one of the things I found that was interesting was how rewarding the reading was because you don't realize it, but you absolutely burn through books. Yes. I mean, it's just 10 pages. It's not a huge deal. And of course, you know, Andy will tell you. A, a, a whole picture book with, you know, pictures on one page doesn't count as a, as reading that book, you know? Um, so Nate's going to have to get something other than coloring books to <laughs> yeah. read when he goes to do it again. But, <laughs> um, but you know, you burn through books. Yeah. Um, you know, and I thought that was interesting. What was your experience, Nate, with, uh, like with, uh, reading? With the reading? Um, I found like, did you read in the mornings or do you read in the evenings? That I have not been able to, create a time spot for yeah um it was like i found my best days were when i got up went to the gym got my reading done got my progress pick done and like i had almost my gallon of water almost done by the time i was going to work you know those were my best days when i got everything done in the morning um it was the days when i let the bitch voice win (laughs) didn't get up early enough and sprinted to the gym Forget to take the progress pick when I got back from the gym or whatnot. You know, those were the days that I really struggled with. So it was really listening to that bitch voices. What got me? So we could we could look at this and have this conversation like every day is this picturesque, perfect, we're checking the boxes right. But let's face it, life is what it is. And you've got kids that are doing wrestling and et cetera. Yeah. <clears throat> as well as a wife and work and life and things like that. So did what did did you find yourself on days where you were trying to squeeze things in, trying to find the time for things. And, and oh, how, yeah. did, how was that? Oh, what was that experience like? Yeah. It, because of the fact that I'm so routine oriented, when I get, when my routine is thrown off, it really messes with my mind. I think more than it would be somebody that just does it whenever they got time, or whatever. So, um, but the fact that Emily and I are doing it together has made it so much easier this time around because we do our walks together in the morning. We typically go to the gym together. Sometimes she'll choose to go for a walk or whatever. Or take the kids to wrestling and get stopped by the police on the way. Th- that's that right. Kind of yeah. That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you know, but I stopped Emily yesterday <laughs> and, and I just added you on the podcast, Emily, cause I know you're going to listen to this. <laughs> anyway, anyway, go ahead. So yeah, this, this time around so far, and I were only what nine days in or so, it's been much easier because of the fact that she's doing it with me. 
Do you feel like that, that maybe has enriched your marriage in a way? Like as so I far? Do. So far, so good. Yeah, yeah. Good. we'll see good. what happens when the, tri- the grumpy days come. <laughs> yeah, when the grumpy days come. Yes, <laughs> we'll see what happens. But yes, it has. It really has. Well, I, one thing that I uh, speaking of life being what it is, I remember I was out patrolling one time, and obviously we're not in control of the weather, and uh, a storm was moving in, <clears throat> and like it was going to be bad. Like it was forecasted, it was going to be bad. And Dallas was out walking around and had the dog with him, and you. Your dog is not a small dog. No. Your dog is a very large Great Dane, correct? Yes. And, uh, and you know, they're out walking, doing their thing, and it just absolutely just lets loose. I mean, rain, wind, lightning, you name it. <clears throat> to the point that, like, I was concerned. Like, I couldn't find Dallas because I'm, I'm still patrolling at this point, and I can't find him. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like picturing like a tree branch. He's laying under the thing dead or something. So I'm texting him like, "Hey, like, where where are you? Like, do you do you want a ride to get like out of this? Because one thing Andy does say is, you know, like, kind of use your brain. You know, if if it's if there's a tornado outside, don't go outside and do your 45 minute workout. Um, so I was just like, and he was like, nope. He's like, dog left me though. <laughs> He's like, I have no idea where the dog because there was a there was a huge lightning strike, wasn't there? That's like, what made her run. Yeah, that was really close to you, and that was the thing that like made me kind of go, "Hey, where are you at? Are you okay?" And you're like, nope, cashing in some toughness points. I'm good. I'm going to finish this. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and, and then the dog, you ended up what, finding the dog at home? Yeah. Yeah. The dog was yep. just chilling. She at let the herself house. inside. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Full disclosure though, there were seven minutes left in the walk when all this broke loose. If I would have been seven minutes into the walk, I probably would have chose a different time to do more. <laughs> <laughs> Wait another hour. Yeah. Well, and there was one time that you and I went for a walk and he's got like this perfect route that like we left his house and like when we stepped back at his house, it was like 45 minutes and three seconds, I think is what we track. I tracked on my watch and I was like, man, you got that down to a science. I, I had it like I could walk out my front door and follow my path, walk around the lake twice and get back to my front door like 44 minutes. There, there were a couple of times I got to my house and I was like literally walking circles out in front of my house. You see the GPS track. I was like, oh, come on. Like a couple That's more the minutes. longest part of the walk is when you come up <laughs> just a little bit short and you're walking out front. Yeah. <clears throat> well, here, here's how bad it is. I would um, do like push up or squats sometimes too. Do some, there you some go. of that stuff outside. I used, uh, the front of, the front of Sterling Library. There's that like little, like, I guess awning or whatever. I mean, it's very, it's still very much outside. You're still very much getting the elements and all that other kind of stuff, but it was like windy and nasty and like, and like wet and so cold. And I'm walking the college doors and I'm in uniform, but I decided like I stepped under that just to kind of help block some of the wind and rain a little bit and like walk circles under that awning for, for literally like 23 minutes. And that the, it's no bigger than probably these two rooms put together. And just someone probably watched the camera. I was like, oh, "This guy lost his mind. <laughs> lost <laughs> there, his there, marbles out here." There, there literally is a camera right there in that little foyer area. <laughs> they they probably would have been like, uh, "What is this guy doing?" Like, actually, no. Rick pulled up there. Tomer, um, he he was doing something uh, where he was holding over on his shift for something, and he goes, he calls me because so he pulls up into the Kelsey Hall parking lot and he calls me and he's like, uh, "Is everything okay?" Because I didn't walk over there to meet with him. Cause I was like, I'm busy. Like I've got my phone. I'll walk and talk. So he calls me. He's like, is everything okay? I'm like, yep. Just trying to get my workout in. And everybody misses me doing that because I was doing college doors pretty much every day. 
And they're like, hey, are you going to start doing that again? I'm like, as soon as my knee is back to 100%. Yes, because I don't want to like injure it to where it doesn't heal ever again. And uh, so everybody was missing me doing that. But um, so did you, and you so you did the two workouts. So you did the first workout probably or the, one of the workouts, obviously, in a gym. Yes. <clears throat> what did that look like for you? What was your what was your personal gym routine? How how did you kind of structure them? You mean like times? No, no. I mean like uh, like what did you do? Did you t- like for instance me? One day I would go in and maybe do like upper body. The next day I would do lower body. Another day would be like stretching, rolling out. Um, uh, you know maybe doing a little less heavy weight kind of deload type stuff, and then I do upper body, lower body. You know, kind of go through that routine. Yeah, my mine <clears throat> mine was similar to that. I I got a program. Uh, from Body Space, um, Jay Cutler. Yeah, uh, like eight weeks to mass or something like that. And follow, followed his pretty pretty re- religiously. Um. So when you say like you wanted to kind of cut the fat mass and and add more like mass to you, like what what are you looking for? Like what's your mind's eye of that? My long term goal is. Weighing 245 with 15% body fat or less. Okay, that's pretty specific. Where'd you come up with that? Just kind of something you wanted? No. <clears throat> well, that's a long story, but it goes back to when I was in middle school, high school. I, For some reason, I thought that 245, 15% body fat would be amazing. Like, that would be my idea of mm-hmm. of looking good. But, and I got to 245 at one point after college, but I missed the 15% body fat. <laughs> Actually, you've been there a couple of times. That's right. I went way past it, you know? More is better, right? <laughs> go big, go home. That's right. That's literally, right. literally go big. So, yeah, I just, but back then I didn't have the work ethic. I, I did just enough to get by, you know? I, I would start kicking and punting and stuff like a week before football practice was supposed to start, you know, and get back into it a little bit. Right. Yeah. That type of thing. Just so a, I always just thought, enough to basically uh, you know, kind of fake I wanted to be 245 with 15% body fat, but I didn't want to put the work in. Yeah. And so now there's a lot of things I can't control. I can't get those days, that time back. I can't redo all that. Right. But I feel like this is in my control, and so I want to do everything in my power to get there. But, I, uh, you know, I think it's also an interesting thing. You also have significant perspective because of your choices then. <clears throat> do you think you'd be where you are without those decisions that you'd made in the past? No, and I think about that. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have the life I've got now if – those choice if those choices were made any differently so i consider all my bad decisions in the past at this point i consider them a blessing because i wouldn't have my wife i wouldn't i wouldn't have my life without those making those decisions yeah I, like jocko calls them tuition payments there you go yeah, yeah. there you go yeah 
I mean, I think that's interesting is it's, it's really easy, especially in that victim mindset to kind of get wrapped up in that, like, oh, I really wish I wouldn't have done that and, and, and use that to beat yourself up or push yourself down that, instead of using it to lift yourself up. I think that's something that a lot of, probably everybody goes through is that victim mindset stage. Um, it's but, easy to, but there's just some people that never pull themselves through that, you know, and they yeah. stay in that way their whole lives and which is which is sad you know um that they are not living up to their full potential and like just i don't know like you're gonna fail and you're gonna fall flat on your face but that's good because you learn from it well i think you're you're gonna learn from it you know you're not gonna make that mistake again well it's easy to see like say on my phone right now i have a, a collage that i made that is my day one photo in my day 75 photo. That's easy for me to take and tap my thumb on and post it on the internet. And like, whoa. And you get that essentially instant gratification of seeing what that change was. But nobody really knows what happened, all the bullshit that happened in the middle. Like all the times, and I, and this happened, I'd say probably five or ten of the days, where I was literally chugging water at the end of the day. Because I had neglected drinking throughout the day and <clears throat> not making excuses, I'd neglected. And it it's was harder in the winter time to drink your water. Yeah. It was the only thing I had left. And I was sitting in my chair, not watching TV, not doing nothing, but like, I'm like, I'm so tired. I just want to go to bed, but I can't. And I'm just chugging a gallon of water, just trying to get it down. And, you know, so nobody sees those struggles. And I think that's also on a, on a more, bigger grandiose picture when it comes to being a a good man or a good construction worker or a good uh mail carrier or a good police officer is when it comes to like being a man everybody thinks like i'm gonna go into the burning building and pull a lady out over my shoulder and now boom i'm a man and and i'm gonna get like this exposure in the news and like look at me no it's those small everyday decisions you make through the 75 hard program or whatever it is that you do in your life to become better. And it doesn't have to be 75 hard, but I'll tell you, I have, I don't think there's much of anything else out there better in my opinion. I agree. But it's those small everyday decisions that are going to build you into the man and the person that you want to become. And I don't care if that means that you dig ditches for a living or you're the secretary of state or the president of the United States. That's what's going to build you into the person and the man that you want to become, 100%. Mm-hmm. And programs like 75 Harder will help build you to that. And being around people, which is why I also gravitated towards you and you and like all the people that, you know, I'm very, very selective of the people that I allow in my life and the people that I allow to occupy my space. Uh, you know, and I most recently had to actually cut another one out of just like, you know, you're kind of weighing me down, hold me back. Not that I don't love you. Not that if you didn't, you called me that I wouldn't be there, but like, you know, you don't get my emotional side. You don't get all of me anymore. <clears throat> but, um, you know, there's just those small decisions and sometimes they can seem like big ones. Like I'll tell you, cutting my friend off and sending that text message was an incredibly hard decision, I bet so. but it was a small one in the end of, in the big scheme of things, as far as, you know, it wasn't like spending a million dollars or something like that. So I think the important key there is just 
making sure that whatever it is that you're doing, that you're making small, smart decisions every day, I think is the big, big takeaway, in my opinion, from 75 Hard that help grow you into what you're getting ready to become. And I think a huge thing, like, not necessarily 75 Hard, but like in a fitness journey, a lot of people think that everything needs to happen now, you know. Instant gratification. And, well, they want, like, like they're going to start meal prepping, they're going to start working out, they're going to start doing all this stuff at once, and it overwhelms them, and then they stop, you know. And so, I've found that I've got to do little things. Yeah. Like, this week, I'm getting up every day at 4.30 to go to the gym, you know. Then maybe next week I'll start cooking my breakfast. And maybe the next week I'll cook my breakfast and have my meals, you know. Or maybe it's two weeks between or something, you know. Just like those <clears throat> little steps so you don't overwhelm yourself with all that stuff happening at once. I feel like it's a huge thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it goes back to the old cliche adage of Rome wasn't built in a day. You know, one mm-hmm. stone, one day, one thing at a time. And I think, you know, a- Andy talks about the culture change that we need. And that's where we're at as men and what we're all doing, what we're all attempting to accomplish is we're not going to vote ourselves out of what's going on and into prosperity. You know, making those small changes and becoming the men that this world needs us to be is where we're going to start making the change and where we're going to start influencing real change, especially in our kids, for for our lives to be better and their lives to be better. and. <clears throat> that's what I, I you know, probably second love the, the second most about the program is just the fact that, you know, Andy is investing in people because he could easily sell this. Like you could, yeah. you know, you have to pay some sort of a subscription or whatever. He could sell it all and sit on a private and, island and do nothing. Like yeah, he could he buy, he could buy any of this. He shit. could buy Epstein Island. Uh, <laughs> like, I mean, just the. Like him growing the company like he's growing, you know, taking care of thousands and thousands of employees. Like he doesn't have to do that. Like he could he could resign and he'd be set for life. Yeah, that's probably what I align with the most with him when it comes to like his mindset is I absolutely love investing in people. Mm -hmm. And that's why I also love this. That's why I was so excited when you were coming on. And I was like, yes, because I was like, I know that there's somebody that's going to listen to this and go. Like, if if one person listens to this and says, like, whoa, and changes their life, boom. Like, everything we've done, all the time we've spent, all the money we've spent, everything is worth it. And I just love investing in people and lifting Mm -hmm. them up and seeing them succeed. And, like, I just – it's so enriching and fun and also a weird mindset from what our society is right now because there's a lot of me, me, me. And, you know, it's it's not in line with what – life has for us um and 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 lifting other people up no matter what job you're in or what religion you are or anything we're all in this grand experiment together yes sir so uh this is more about you than it is me i need to shut up and <laughs> so you you Good ended up with that so what what's the <laughs> you, i hate you <laughs> you should try talking once in a while i'm trying <laughs> Can't get a word in with this guy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that, that was too easy. Uh, all right. Well, I'm going home. You guys finish up. All right. Um, just to let you know, we're well past the to the point time frame. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. Look at you. Wow. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I'm actually surprised. Really? Yeah. Um. Well. So. So. Like. So. What kind of happens for those listening? What kind of co- 
happens or could happen or is encouraged to happen after 75 hard? Like, what's the next step? Well, I think that if you do it right, if you do 75 hard right, that you'll go right into live hard. Um, and that's part of a year long program. Um, that's basically 75 hard into three more phases and you add more, um, critical tasks, critical tasks is what he calls them to each phase. And, um, like talking to strangers. Yes. And cold showers. And, yeah. The uh, first, the first phase was 75 hard. And then you had to do 10 minutes of positive visual, visualization. Yep. And that was a cha- That was a challenge. Uh, I made it through. That would be hard but, for me. I feel like my brain wanders yeah. so much. Amen. Yeah. It, my mind did that too. A lot. And I'd have to start over. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be like, be thinking about some bill I got to pay or, you know, something. And then it, I guess you have bills. You don't have everything figured out, and you're oh, rich and like yeah, sure, oh, okay, sure, yeah. Um, but uh, and then cold shower. Um, you have your like three additional tasks that you kind of choose. Yes, to make a into a habit. Yes, yep. Um, and you do that for thirty days, and you can do that at any point <clears throat> after yeah. the seventy-five hard. And then phase two is is seventy five hard again, um, but you have to take a thirty day break between phase one and phase two. Yep, and that becomes difficult because <laughs> are you going to stay disciplined? You can let some of those habits slide, and then you got to pick it back up. Um, it makes your momentum just dead stop. Yeah, because you want to keep that rolling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because when I when I went into live hard. I took a three-day break, and that was hard enough. The, the three-day break before I started to live hard. Ideally, I think one would want to just go right into it. But um, so the thirty-day break was difficult to get started back up on on phase two of it, and then and then the phase three you start that thirty days from your anniversary day of starting seventy-five hard. And that's where the talking to strangers comes in. And I didn't think I was going to be able to do that at all. For, like when I first started 75 hard, I thought like day one of 75 hard, I'm already thinking about yep. day 365. And work, like, work in the outcome instead of I'm, the process. Right. Yep. And I'm thinking there's no way I'm yep. talking to yep. strangers. I, I'm, I'm an introvert and you know, I'm a man of few words. Um, so I didn't think I'd be able to do it. And mm-hmm. I did it. I found a stranger every day of the last 30. Is it hard to find those uh, those strangers in Sterling? It is. <laughs> it is. It is. There was times where I would I would go to Lions to find a stranger. There would be times where I would see somebody new in the gym, and I would I would purposely wait till the next time I seen him because I already talked to my stranger that day. So I'd like save this stranger for the next day <laughs> yeah. because I knew I was going to run out of them in Sterling, yeah. especially being a mail carrier, and you've already at least spoken to some, you know. To everybody that Half the wants town. to be spoken to, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, well, I remember when Alex came to the gym. Uh-huh. And, like you sat yeah. down and you were like, "Boom!" And I was like, "Hey, I know what Dallas is doing right now." <laughs> yes, sir. Checking that box. He's, he's a nice boy. Yeah, yeah. He's a he, good kid. Uh, he's a he's a, a geek and a nerd and a dweeb just like me. He is like <laughs> funny story. My mom would probably not appreciate me telling this, but 
my mother says that my wife was not in any way involved in the conception process of my son. <laughs> he was pulled directly out of my ass. Is what is what my mother is what my mother says. Little clone. He is, he is, he is just like me, uh, and, and he and he annoys me. And I'm like, oh, now I understand what my wife feels like. But uh, um. So and then there was also the random act of kindness. Yes, and and I did that. Um, that was that was that was really cool. It got to the point where the kids would see me do some of them. Like, uh, I think it was, yeah, it was. It would have been Thanksgiving. We went to Casey's, and um, I went in and said to the guy making pizza, I said, what's your favorite candy bar? And he said, Reese's. And so I went over and got a candy bar and gave it to him. And I said, thanks for working on a holiday. Um, people appreciate that. And his eyes lit up, you know, he thought that was, he really appreciated it. And I turned around and the kids were smiling like, that was really cool. That guy liked that. And so they would get to the point where, have you done your random act of kindness today? Like they wanted, it was curious to know what, what, it, what it was or what it was going to, you know, what I did or what I might do or whatever. But yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Well, and then, you know, it, it's, it's interesting to think of because when you, when you talk about live hard to people and you tell them it's like a year long program, they think you're doing 75 hard every day for a year. So then they get like all wide eyed, right? but it's basically three 30 day phases and it's all, it's quote unquote only 90 days. Right. So of course it's a little more complex than in that. addition to the <clears throat> initial seventy five. Right, right, right. But yeah. But yeah, yeah it's only th it's only three months after that. Yeah. Um and then um the cold shower is another one that I didn't think I would do. And I was telling Nick I still, I still think you're a psychopath. <laughs> I, I got to where I like them. And I'll yeah. take I'll take I'll take them now just just because. He started talking about it one day and I started craving one and I just went home and took a cold shower. So is it do you do those like before you go to bed or is it just, yeah. Yep. I know I've heard that it helps like you calm down and relax mm -hmm. and stuff before you go to sleep. But I've also heard people doing it in the morning to energize and that kind of stuff too. So, Well, I've always heard the science is that the decrease in body temperature is what your body naturally does when you go to sleep. So it's actually better for you to, for sleep, cold room. Cold body temperature is better for sleep mm -hmm. than it is for waking up. A, a hot shower is actually better. Increases your blood pressure, increases your heart rate, etc. Gets you going. <clears throat> but yeah, I the cold showers were something that was uh, definitely a mental struggle for me. Um, of course, I like I told you, I changed how I did them a little bit. And to be fair, and to let everybody know on here, I failed the hell out of live hard and also got an injury. So. Don't don't think that I'm sitting here like I'm some pristine perfect guy. I uh but I just I ended up really struggling with the showers and then to the point that like the day two or three I was I was almost like I'm done. I can't do this. I got I gotta fail. I'm finished. You but know. You, but I did it. But you first of all, you got seventy five hard and nobody can ever take that away from you. Yeah. And two, you're you haven't a failed. You can do phase one whenever you want. Well, what I'm getting at is, is like right now I'm not in the You're program. You're not active. And, I, and I'd and i failed. And, you know. Right. So, no. so you still got a shot yeah. to finish Live Hard. Yeah. And I'm going to. It's going to happen. So. It's already done. So I don't know if Nick told you the story about my Live Hard 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> Long story short, I was so proud of myself. I was like walking around. You should still be proud of yourself. And I am. Okay. Good. I, I am. Okay. And I got all the benefits out of it. Matter of fact, I think I probably got more benefit out of it. Or will get more benefit out of it in the long run. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I went from this high thinking that, man, I did that. And I kept looking back at all the all the things that I had to go through to, to finish this. And I was just, I was so proud of myself. About three weeks later, I was listening to the podcast of all the phases. Mm-hmm. And he gets to, to the part where he talks about phase three. And he said that you have to take a cold shower during phase three. Like, well, uh, I, I didn't do that. So. You did all of phase three minus the cold shower. Yes. So I went through all the talking to the stranger and all that stuff that I did not want to do that I, that I forced myself to do. And I did it. And I actually enjoy the cold shower, but I didn't do it. I didn't pay attention to detail. I, and what's the implication of phase three? You're done. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you can't go start, back to day one you of gotta, phase one. You got to start all, yeah. all over right. day one. Yeah. Um, and if you're too close to like the end, like then you've got to do 75 hard over again, don't you? Yeah. During phase three, there there is no other choice but to start over at 75 hard. Yeah. At any point, yeah. day one of phase three, because oh, I thought you started over day one of phase one. No, nope. ooh, because then you're off on your because you got to start phase three. The anniversary day, you starting seventy five hard. So thirty yeah. days beforehand. I'll be damned. Yeah, I learned something if you, today. If you fail it, <clears throat> then you're off of that thirty days. You okay, can't finish it before your anniversary. And you know, something that's a lot more difficult than one would think is that. You have to start phase three exactly 30 days prior to your anniversary day. Well, I had myself all jacked up. I'm going to start on this certain day and got ready to get up. And my first thought was, I'm going to wait till tomorrow. That bitch voice. You can't wait till tomorrow. You have to start that day. And that's, that's a lot more difficult than one thinks. So there's, there's so many things to it that one don't think about but yeah i was extremely disappointed i i i admitted to nick that i went home and when i when i told my wife i cried mm-hmm. i like it made me cry i mean it's a lot it's an emotional battle the yeah. whole time yeah because i went from thinking that i did this to knowing that i didn't like that mm-hmm. i had to i had to re-listen to that three times to be sure i heard what i heard my stomach, I mean, my heart dropped in, down into my stomach. It was awful. You know, uh, when, when Dallas was telling me that, uh, I remember getting all wide-eyed. You know, we were sitting back. I was sitting back on the mats, and you came back, and you were like, I've been waiting to see you face-to-face. I couldn't text this. I had to, I had to tell you this face-to-face. And I was just like, what? Like, no way. Like, just, you know. But I think the thing that made me respect you that much more was – that like <clears throat> you could have easily just slipped right back into that victim mindset and what was me and, and, and gone back. But you were like, I'm going to go out and I'm going to do it and I'm going to crush it again. Like there's just like, there's no, or you it's not, just, it's not, a, it's not negotiable. You could have just swept it under the rug, not told anybody or not to, and yeah. said, I still finished this, you know, but like, 
I that's then just you so would risky. have that feeling in your gut the whole time. Like I'd rather redo it four times yeah. than I would to pretend like I did. Yep. Yeah. I I just think that's so respend, uh, uh, respectable and commendable. And like I I don't, I don't know if you noticed or or if I ever told you, but like I almost started crying when <laughs> sitting there listening to that because a I knew the implication, I knew the feeling, I knew because. You know, I, I found myself like you were talking about, like working the outcomes and the process. I'm like, well, what is what's it like going to be on four, day 45 or seven? And once I found out, I focused on the day I got better. But, um, you know, I understand, the, I understood the implications and also that self accountability that our society doesn't really have. And you could have just easily, and nobody, nobody would have been the wiser, nobody, Mm-mm. but you didn't, and that is what I'm talking about and Andy talks about in that culture change. That accountability is what's missing from our society right now. On the smallest of things, that was accountability on a shower. That was accountability on water hitting your body. That's it. At the end of the day, when it comes down to brass tacks. Now, you are going through another year process, Mm -hmm. but I know you that, A, you still gained from the random acts of kindness and you enriched how many people's lives as a result of random acts of kindness. And you said you're a man, a few words. And cause I remember when I first asked you for the podcast, it was kind of like a, eh, you know, like I'm going to have to kind of get my mind right or what. I, and, and I, you know, I want to do this and this and this before I do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can still remember that too. We were at Garfield and Broadway and I was patrolling. I'm like, Hey, and you were like, eh, you know, but so, you know, you've come a long way, even though you didn't do the cold shower and you're doing what you did, but you still gained a lot. And, and I think where you're at and where you're going to be, or you're going to notice a significant difference a year from now. <clears throat> and, you know, you're going to be enriching your kids' lives too, because they're going to see you doing all that stuff all over again, holding yourself accountable and you're passing those lessons on to them. Because you can talk till you're blue in the face, but they're going to do what they see. Yep. Most lessons are caught, not taught. Amen. That's right. Amen. I've even noticed that just in 75 hard of, you know, with my kids. Um, and just enriching lives in general. <clears throat> so I think one of the best things that we can do is just, as men, is for, uh, for children, is just try to set that example the best way we can do. And not, not live one life and say another. Because kids aren't stupid. Lead from the front. Yep. Be a servant leader. It's all, all the same. So you had, so you're on, you said today is day nine? Yes. Of 75 hearts. So have you had any, any new revelations or anything? Any new, like any struggles yet so far? Um, not particularly. Um, it's gone pretty smooth. And I think, like I said earlier, I think the biggest part of that is the fact that we're doing it together. Yeah. Um, I did hit somewhat of a wall on day six. I did not want to get out of bed. Just didn't. And the first time I did it, it didn't hit till like day nine or so. So I hit that wall a little early, but. Well, but you know what to expect. You know, those are coming. Yeah. Yeah. I know when I first got to them, I found that like once I hit that wall and I was like, I'd find myself, I know I told you this, but I want to say it for the benefit of the podcast that, you know, if I, I'm like, oh, five more minutes of just sitting here, five more minutes of letting the bitch voice win. But I just went, no, 
got up and started walking, I felt so good. Like my, I got that, I gave my brain that, that dopamine that it needed and got up and got to work. And that was rewarding of just like, again, those small things. Yes, sir. So, uh, what, what are your, what are your long-term goals now? I mean, you've got, uh, you know, I know you want to be the 245 and the, the, the 15% you say? Yes. 15% body fat. But, uh, what's, what's the long-term goal? You want to, you want to live in Tahiti with Emily, you, you know, retirement years or like um, what? I want to live anywhere with Emily. <laughs> She's going to melt when she hears that. That was, <laughs> that was well done. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> but that's true. I, well, except for, I told her I'd go almost anywhere. I, I would not go to Lawrence. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're to to be fair, he's a big K State fan, so I bleed purple. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I, I wouldn't live in Lawrence. I would either. say I say nobody. Uh, I shouldn't say nobody wants to live in Lawrence. Uh, anybody with half a brain doesn't live in Lawrence. But anyway, um, I diver I digress. Um, so like what uh. You know, like for me, you know, I, I want to retire, travel the world with my wife, you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And what, if everything went exactly the way you wanted it to, what would your picture, picture perfect be? Um, somewhat like that. We're, she's 17 years my junior. And so I will probably retire way before her. Um, so. Ideally, we're thinking about her being a traveling nurse about the time that I retire. That's a cool idea. And lucrative. Right. Yeah. Right. And so that would allow me to see the world and hopefully, you know, just take care of her needs while she's at work, you know, the household things and while she's at work and, you know, just take care of her and then. My life insurance will be her retirement. <laughs> uh, like the grin on your face right now. <laughs> well, what, what about, uh, so you want to do like the whole like living the life out of the camper, dragging it to different places kind of thing or? No. Okay. No. No. We, we mold that whole thing over and it's probably not, probably not the route we want to go. Yeah, I understand. I don't I understand. think that's something I can ever do either. Like well, some people, a- some people love that. I just, uh, I didn't yeah. know what you're. Yeah, we. We decided that's not the route. Gotcha. So tra- most of, most of those most of those places they work they sign like thirteen week contracts. I I could be off a little bit, but I think it's thirteen week contracts. And so you could just you know rent a nice hotel or whatever by the week or a or a you know month to month apartment deal somewhere. Yeah, I watched uh, an Instagram video where a guy was. Not just talking about it and putting text on a screen, but he was showing like check stubs of <clears throat> like hazard pay plus holiday pay plus overtime pay plus working this many days in a row pay. And as a traveling nurse, he made 17 grand in one month. Yeah, it's crazy. Is what he made. I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> I mean, like if you think if you played the game right and like, let's just say you set a number at like. My livable wage is sixty thousand a year. Like, let's just say that's the number you decide on. As a traveling nurse, if you think about that, if you if you did that, you could work three months, and then take the rest of the year off. And as long as you budgeted adequately, you could essentially live off that. If you really wanted to, 
So yeah. you could be kind of semi-retired if you really wanted to anyway. So right. That just came to me and I, while I was talking here. I just wonder when that well's going to run dry. Like, when when's this going to burst? Well, you can only pay so much for so long before yeah. well, they're, the, they're going to have to tear it all down and start over. Well, with the way that the medical field's treating nurses right now, nobody wants to go and work full-time and stay really much of anywhere. So, so the, that's the right, hospital, right for the picking right now. They're laying off people like crazy. Like 300 people got laid off. Oh, really? Yeah. And I think it was like 11% or something of their total workforce gone. Wow. They had new ownership come in. They fired the CFO, CEO, like cleared house. And then they started. They're like, well, if we don't do this, we'll be shut down in a year. So Hutch, Hutch Hospital is in a, they're in a tight spot right now. Wow. I, I think there's a lot of those hospitals that are that way because I think post-COVID, there's been a lot of. Yeah, well, like well, he said, the, the money well ran dry. Yeah. You were trying to run things like when, oh, wow, we just had to say they have COVID and we get extra money? Yeah. Well, they were relying <laughs> on that government money and they weren't running it like an actual business. And yep. that's that happens all the time, like the green energy stuff. Like those businesses don't work because they rely on a grant money and grant money runs out. Eventually. Yep. It does. We could get off subject and start complaining all over. Whole new podcast. We can push stop on this one, start a new one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you, we uh, we definitely beat the uh, the mark that you set by quite a bit. The to the point. Yeah, that that surprised <clears> me. <throat> well, I'm I'm proud of you for for doing this. I know this is definitely outside your comfort zone. So well done. And you're talking to you're going to be talking to a lot of strangers for a long time because this, this is going to get uploaded and you know not going to go anywhere for a long time. So it could be played by anyone at any time for any reason. So, um, all thirty of our listeners, they're going to love it. <laughs> right, right. There you go. It's more than that. <laughs> um, but, you know, usually we ask people, like, kind of like if, if anybody were to want to, like, reach out to you and contact you, that kind of thing. I mean, I know you don't have any social media or anything like that. But, uh, and I'm not asking you to be like, here's my phone number. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, you can always reach out to us on the contact page, too. We could always put you in touch with Dallas if you wanted to reach out or had any questions or were like, whoa, your story matches my story, you know, that kind of thing. So I think we'll take it, wrap it up from here. What do you think, buddy? Sounds that way like you can get to go pick up your kids and not feel rushed and all that good stuff too. Sounds like a plan. Yep, we appreciate you coming on, and it's been a been a fun conversation. So thanks for listening to the Higher Points, guys. And just once again, just want to say thanks to Dallas for coming on. I know this guy has been through a lot, and he has achieved more than a lot of people do in their lifetimes just through these last three years through this program let alone losing 100 pounds twice you know (laughs) (laughs) so just want to thank you and if you guys would give us a like on social media and share the podcast we'd really appreciate that and just uh thanks for listening guys hey we'll catch up with you guys next time